No, it was scary. It was really scary trusting that process. Um, I didn't realize that how much I guess I identify as an athletic person. You know, it's my job, it's my career, it's my hobby. Hello, and welcome back to the next episode of the Trail Running Women podcast. I am teaming up again with a couple other podcast hosts. I've talked to them before from the Coaches on the Run podcast. I've had them each on as a guest themselves, Alex and Alyssa. These two people I chat with all the time. They're super amazing. We start out this podcast by just pumping each other's tires because we deserve it. We deserve to pump each other's tires. I think in this community, you just connect with women around the world. And that's one of the cool things that we have found from this podcast. And I am so just amazed at the things that these two have done. Quick reminder, Alex uh, was a guest that I think was one of the only guests who really had come to terms with body image in a way where she no longer gave a, gave a fuck. And I, you can hear her in this episode, um, kind of how in tune she is with that type of thing. And then Alyssa has the world record for consecutive marathons with 95 and is freaking amazing. And they are both such great coaches and, um, such great people. So we decided to chat about postpartum running. We've done an episode before on running while pregnant. There's a lot of information about what to expect when you're pregnant. There's not a lot about postpartum running. It occurred to me after we recorded this that I think the guidelines in Canada versus the US for when you should start exercising postpartum are very different. So I talk a bit about the new kind of pelvic floor therapy guidelines that they give you as far as getting back into lifting and running postpartum. Um, And it's definitely a longer wait than they recommend in the States. And so I thought that was interesting. Um, I am only an expert as far as my experience went and from people that I know, and I think that they are erring on the side of college, of college, of caution in Canada, but I think that's probably okay when it comes to this type of stuff. So it was interesting to hear both of our perspectives, but one parallel was that I took more of a break after having Baker and letting my body kind of settle and Alex took more of a break while she was pregnant. So both of us took time to let our bodies adjust. Sorry, I have people here working on the house so there's a little bit of noise in the background. Um, So that was one thing that occurred to me after too is that like the main message I think is that we both had to take a time during the early stages of postpartum or late stages of pregnancy to just relax and let our bodies catch up to what we were doing. Um, and so, and it was also fun to hear Alyssa's point of view on wanting kids, being nervous about it, being a high level athlete and all of that good stuff. Today's episode is brought to us by Athletic Brewing. So you guys have heard me talk about them before. They brew delicious craft beers. They just happens to be non-alcoholic. So their award-winning head brewer and founder, John and co-founder Bill have brewed hundreds of beers till they perfected a mosaic of brewing processes to make craft beer that just happens to be non-alcoholic. Athletic stands shoulder to shoulder with any top alcoholic craft beer in quality and taste. And at only 50 to 70 calories per can, their brew fits into any beer occasion. You don't have to compromise your social life or great beer to keep your edge. So I totally agree with that. I spoke on the last episode actually. And I'm just really, really thankful to be feeling that good and to not feel like I am missing out on any of the finish line fun and I can still wake up the next morning. Speaking of postpartum, um, I need as much rest as I can get. I cannot sacrifice any of my rest with not sleeping well, um, which even with a single drink, I don't 
sleep well. So I'm really thankful for Athletic Brewing. Check them out, athleticbrewing.com. Discount code was changed last minute. It is TRW15, TRW15 at checkout. Okay, guys, you leave it at that. Here's the team. Uh, this is... This is why, this is the benefit of teaching, is you just pull shit out of your ass all the time. Especially That should English. be the start of this. <laughs> yeah. Please, please. Everyone, welcome to Coaches on the Run podcast and trail running women come together again. Uh, and we are super excited for this episode because we have two experts, and I'm saying experts because they have both birthed children in our freaking awesome runners and are recovering. Well, Hillary is much further in her recovery period. So we have that perspective. How old is Baker, Hillary? Yeah, that's actually a good point. He is, he was one and a half in March. So people always say the months. So I don't know, he'll be two at the end of August. So sometime in between there, 19, 20, 21 months, something in there. Love it. Yeah. So you're definitely in a much different stage. And then we have Alex who is eight weeks postpartum. Um, so they are going to be our gurus on this and offer their insight. And I think this is such an important topic of talking about women in pregnancy and post-pregnancy, uh, how that looks. And I am merely a interviewer, interested party for the future. So I leave everything to them to be the experts. So this should be really fun. And thank you both for uh, being being here, being do- doing this. Yeah, I'm really stoked to be doing this conversation. Um, first of all, you two are two of my favorite people to talk to, so I'm just excited to chat with you. And then also, um, I did a podcast with a midwife who's also a running coach uh, called Running While Pregnant or Pregnancy and Running or something, which I think is really interesting. But we don't actually talk about the postpartum enough. And I have spoken to a pelvic floor specialist, and I really love what you just said, that we have somebody who's eight weeks postpartum and somebody like myself who's just over a year and a half. Um, and part of what, I guess, grinds my gears, do you guys remember that it's from, that I show? That. Okay, good. I'm not just making that up. Is nope. he's like, my doctor cleared me to run two weeks after I had my baby, six weeks after. No. Like, the stuff that is going on in your body is so fucked up, and the trauma was so big that it can look... Like the six week thing is on paper, but to do real ultra training, trail running training, I just think takes a lot longer. And I hope that we can normalize that conversation. I just went to my physio who does full kind of body scans when I go in and just make sure that my mechanics are working um, and tries to get to the source of like why something might be extra tight or something. And he said last week that this is the first time he's seen my body like mechanically perfect since having a kid. It took that long for my pelvis to be totally set where it should be. That's insane. Isn't it? Yeah. Anyways, that's wow. my preamble. I don't know if Alex has a preamble like oh, I, like that. I, we could always, we could amble. I know we could go somewhere with it. No, I, for me, I'm just really excited because I feel like for the last two months, this has been like, you know, I'm, I always say I'm self-involved, but you know, at least I'm honest. I, uh, this is all of my conversations with my girlfriends have been like, what life is like postpartum and what life is like balancing that and looking at that and my health. And so to get to chat about it on hopefully a platform that helps other women, I am super pumped. And of course I get to talk to two of my favorite people. So again, always fun. Yeah. I, uh, if we start the podcast where I think we're going to start, where I was like teaching is basically just 
like a mind fuck and you just think on your feet all the time to bullshit um yeah that's like there's few other people i would talk to on a friday night at the end of the year when i have comments and grading to do but you two pass the test so it's high (laughs) praise (laughs) amazing amazing so let's get right into it so hillary's followers i don't know if you have specific names you want to put to them hillary i just kind of copy and pasted um but we have two questions from people who are fans of Hillary's podcast. And then we have a question from um, a fan of Alex's my podcast. And I think that both of you are going to have great insight onto the two of these. So let's jump into the first one from um, Hillary. So for Hillary's guest, although I could kind of see. Yeah, not that you would say this exactly, but this I feel like this is a tone you could take. Um, I, I just wanted to also say, like, I know I can't, I think, feel like I came off a little, a little hard on my little intro there, but I feel no. like, as Alex just said, like, this becomes so much of your life that you just want to, like, take everybody and be like, please don't hurt yourself. We have so much time. But anyways, my questions were around body image for an episode we did, and a lot of them came in around pregnancy. So let's leave them unnamed for now, because I thought okay. for the body image one, we would just leave it because people were just like pouring their hearts out. Yeah, absolutely. I totally respect that. Okay. So this is the first one. Um, I tried hard to keep running when I was pregnant, but I was horribly sick for four months. Then my hips had winded and it hurt to run. So I just walked. I felt so bad about myself. Like if I were a real ultra runner, I would just keep running through pregnancy. Why wasn't I tough enough to keep running? Honestly, the guilt was more internal than external. I felt like such a failure because I'd always had that cool pregnant runner chick in my head. And I get a little down on myself when I see other women successfully run through pregnancy. So this isn't directly a question, but I feel like both of you are going to have some fantastic insight on this topic. Oh my gosh. I want to go first because I'm so opinionated on this and hopefully Hillary either laughs at me or has a complete opposite opinion. So um, (laughs) Amazing. Uh, so like, I think not running during pregnancy is probably the healthiest thing you can do. Um, I have so many friends that have run through pregnancy, been that cool runner chick, pushed it every day. I currently know one that's like doing her run streak all through pregnancy and hoping to maintain that, which I think is probably, um, not healthy. Um, and not realistic for her, her own boundaries, but that's, that's her own body. And I'm not going to say anything because I'm going to let her discover that. But I think not running through pregnancy is probably so much better for you. Your body is going through so many changes. Your joints are changing. Your body is literally creating another life. And so for me, when I was pregnant, I promised myself as soon as it stopped feeling like I wanted to run and it started becoming work or as soon as I started feeling any inkling of like this wasn't right, I would stop. And so for me, that happens like two or three months before I gave birth. And I feel like that's why the day before I was cleared, I went out for an easy run and I didn't even mean to run. I was just walking and all of a sudden I looked down and my feet were running and I feel like the reason I have bounced back, if you will, much quicker than a lot of people has been because I gave myself that grace during pregnancy and I didn't, you know, push myself and I'm still doing the same. I'm still trying really hard to like give myself unlimited grace and not have, not jump back in too fast because with the VO2 boost, 
it's on paper an ideal time to PR, but in reality, it would be a really stupid choice to try to push my body. So that's my opinion on that. Don't run if you don't want to. I think it sounds like Alex is a full house back there. I think you said a lot of really important things there. And I think the key takeaway that I took was that like you, it's so, so cliche, listen to your body, but not only that, but that everybody's different. Um, and if you want to run, I felt great running the whole time. I ran a lot and it never got to the point where I felt like I'm pushing to run because I want other people to think I'm a cool, badass runner, which like the outside pressure that this person is feel feels, which I think is like so bad in so many angles for like, even if you're not pregnant, but it made me feel like I did a lot of, there's a lot of vert around here, a lot of mountains. A lot of my runs were like power hiking with a little bit of jogging, walking downhill and like varied with a lot of hiking and it made me feel really connected to Baker like I really liked it like we just had these times where it was the first time I ever felt like I was kind of becoming a mom out there and it was almost like more of an emotional like mental experience um and I did some long races and it felt good and I talked to a lot of midwives about um it doesn't have to be running while pregnant but there are benefits to exercising while pregnant however that movement looks for you um showing that it's better for milk production and all of these things. And don't quote me on the science because I don't have the studies in front of me, but um, just getting the oxygen movement. So I, I definitely think there's benefits to exercise, but I like what you said that like as soon as running didn't feel like it was the right thing for you, then you stopped running. But I do know that you like walked your dogs and we're still doing things, but. Oh yeah. The, the day I went into labor, I think I, I did a three mile hike. I was still moving. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the kind of key point is it doesn't have to look like what that one picture you see on Instagram. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's such a huge part. I, and then I think you just unpacked a whole lot. I think Instagram right there is probably the root of a lot of people's pregnancy problems. Yeah. And these comparisons. And I totally related to this question where, or this comment where she said, I wanted to, like, I should have been this tough person. And that was exactly what happened with my birth. I thought I was going to be this tough person, but I had gone in the opposite direction where, um, it didn't matter how tough I was my body wasn't going to cooperate it because it didn't know how to like relax and let the baby drop. And that had nothing to do with toughness, but an inability to just relax and be okay. Um, and everything was like, go, go, go harder, harder, harder. So that sense, I did get caught up too far from a physical experience. And I just have to let that go too, because this is all a learning experience and my body just didn't know what to do. So it's hard. It took me a really long time to accept that. Um, but it has nothing to do with the reflection of you as a tough, cool runner chick and everything to do with, like Alex said, you're growing a human being. And I think, to be honest, you sharing that experience on your podcast is part of the reason my birth went as well as it did is because I did stop pushing the weights. I did let myself relax. I did focus on the um, the spinning baby's yoga I was doing as a priority over trying to run a certain amount of miles. And I think like letting myself do that actually probably made the birthing experience easier for me. So thank you for your discomfort. hundred <laughs> percent. But I also think it's really cool that you listened to that and applied it to yourself. Sorry, my kids in the background are going crazy, but that's on theme I mean, with this podcast. Yeah, right? I was going to say, what a worse podcast for this to happen on. You know, like this is so on point. <laughs> Uh, but sorry, I'm totally blabbing. The last thing I just want to say is that like everybody told me that, that I was, it was going to like, I went to a pelvic floor specialist beforehand and she was like, oh, you're too tight. 
this won't work. Your cervix is not going to dilate. Like you have to stop squatting 200 pounds. And I was like, do, 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 like didn't absorb it. So the fact that you listened, and then I heard a podcast after that was like, you have to be a perfect mix of like strength and supple to like be able to let the baby drop and be strong enough to push it. And all I heard was be as fucking strong as you can. So I just think it's really cool that you also absorbed information. (laughs) Can I ask this? This is something that has always kind of, I think probably weighs in the back of a lot of our heads that are pushed to go to extremes in many ways and just go hard all the time. Was there something kind of wonderful or relieving about just letting your body do what it was supposed to do and relaxing into the fact that you couldn't be pushing as hard? Or was that a burden? Because I absolutely know that's something I'm going to struggle with. I'm probably going to fight it. (laughs) Um, To be honest, no, it was scary. It was really scary trusting that process. Um, I didn't realize that how much I guess I identify as an athletic person, you know, it's my job, it's my career, it's my hobby. So my whole life is so tied up into being, you know, fit, strong, lifting, running, all of these things that when I just let go of that, I realized I was having to, it made me a little more emotionally open, and it made me a little more sensitive, and it made me maybe a little more insecure. And so that was definitely some like unpacking of my own personal growth I had to do. And I think it was good for me, but maybe not comfortable. If I have a kid again, you're going to be my doula, 100%. Um, like that wisdom is so amazing. I um, I couldn't do it, right? Like I was just like, running feels good. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep being strong. Like I know I'm going to have to take a break when the baby comes. So if I feel good, I'm going to do it now. And I never let myself, um, what's the right way to put it? I guess like start looking inwards at how to how to relax and I didn't let myself listen to the science that that's how having a baby happens um like that it physically needs to get by the muscles in your stomach and by your pelvic floor and I like couldn't I couldn't get that and even at like hour 42 when they're like you're not getting anywhere and I'm projectile vomiting and not able to keep anything water down and they're like this isn't normal you should be like a wet mop in a wheelchair (laughs) you have to let us intervene I was like no I can tough through this and finally they're like you haven't had any food or water in however many days like all that's going to happen is you're going to pass out and wake wake up to a c-section like you this is so I basically was had to call mercy and I never got there and I never got there after I felt like a failure um for until like now so it it's really really hard so I I just couldn't do it and why does nobody talk about the vomiting during labor? Like, why does nobody mention that? It's not fun. It's not my favorite. No, I was a surprise too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not something anyone says. So that's uh, oh, good to know. I'm so excited. <laughs> it, it's actually not that bad. I part of the reason I want to have another kid is because I want another go at this. Um, because I thought that the actual experience of like how hard my body is working to just dilate and that the other side of it will not allow it to do it is like the craziest feeling. And I was just running laps around a track while walking at that point, screaming, trying to use gravity. Um, and just like, it was just super interesting. It was very interesting. 
that's awesome. I mean, it's not awesome that it was like wasn't happening in uh, the easiest way, but yeah, I'm sure from a scientific perspective, it's like watching your body go through a science experiment. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, that's why I became a doula while I was pregnant, right? And so for me, it, it's definitely just, it's so interesting. It's like scientifically, it was so much fun just to learn all about it and really nerd out on all of the things. And yeah, it was a really cool experience. Um, and I think maybe that's how I cope with like, you know, anxiety or stress is I like to learn about all the things that could happen. And so I probably was overly educating myself, but hopefully I think it caused me to potentially take some good choices that made it a little easier. Nice. Um, so let's go on to the second question. And I think that they're all related, but I am really curious. Um, this kind of goes into the idea of letting go maybe a little bit. So the second question is, I would love to hear some stories from women on how they handled the mental mind fuck of body image issues slash changes and slowing down during pregnancy. Also coming back running and hard speed workouts after pregnancy. Sure, I'll try to be quick on this one. I also want to note, Alex said she rested more during pregnant and feels like that while well, she was pregnant, feels like that's what's helping her bounce back. Um, I also think that, and I could be wrong, but I bounced back really fast too physically, like just feeling good and having the energy. And I think that's just our dedication to health and fitness for our entire lives. I think that birth is like the hardest marathon of your life and the fact that you are such like a fit health conscious person in general it's more than just the months leading up I think you've just treated your body right and that everybody listening to this podcast who is active like Alyssa before you even have a baby all this work you're doing now to be healthy helps you bounce back from pregnancy um yeah for 100% right like you wouldn't go run a marathon on zero tra- well you might but on zero training ever and then <laughs> Bad metaphor, but yeah, I got your <laughs> Expect to recover, right? But as far as the, yeah. the mental fuck of the body image stuff, I was wor- more worried about that. But then when I was actually pregnant, I didn't care at all because I had a reason to be the size that I was. So I didn't care. Um, I also didn't gain very much weight. I thought I was going to, but um, I kind of stayed my same build always like and I think I just always have had enough that my body wasn't like oh my god you need to put on a bunch of weight to support the baby like I just kind of live at like a pretty reasonable human size for growing people I guess um but what was hard was after I had the baby um I was only like three pounds over my pre-pregnancy weight like within a week um and people were like oh wow you look amazing for having just had a baby And then a couple months later, they're like, wow, you don't look like you had a baby a couple months ago. You look amazing. But like, like I said, it was only a three pound difference. So then I was basically just me again. And eventually it was far enough away from having had a baby that like, I didn't look good anymore. And the comments stopped. And that was a mental fuck I wasn't expecting. So I think I I don't, I don't even know. I, I think Alex too is farther ahead than I am with the body image stuff, but you just have to figure out a way to just tell people to not. I don't know. I don't have an answer Comment for that. on you? So this is ironic, right? So I um, it took a side job just to give myself a reason to get out of the house because all of my coaching and podcasting is online and in my house with a newborn. And I don't think that that is a healthy place to spend 24-7. So I took a side job. Um, 
at a winery right down the street recently. It's super fun. It's really easy. You know, you're just chatting with people and giving them wine, the ideal dream job, right? Well, just, I don't know, like three or four days ago, a week ago, I had a few friends there and they were, you know, soft bragging on me about like that I just had a baby to this couple next to them. And I'm not, I'm working, so I'm not like super engaged. And the woman goes, oh yeah, I was wondering why she had that little pooch there. And I have never been so thankful for a COVID on because I was just like, wow, like, what if I just had a miscarriage? What if I just, I don't know, I always have that pooch there if I'm drinking too much wine, so it may or may not go away. I don't know. But it was just the the comments that people feel are appropriate to say on a pregnant woman or a postpartum woman's body is, like, just don't. Just don't. Like, public service announcement, don't ever comment on a woman's body. Like, just, or on anyone's body. Male, female, just keep it to yourself. But I, I too, Hillary, I felt great. I felt great with my body during pregnancy. I like you said, I liked that. There was a reason for me gaining weight. And um, I went from an OB to switching to a midwife. And ironically, the day I was planning on firing him, he commented that I was becoming obese and I was gaining weight too quickly because I did gain a ton of weight during pregnancy, about 40 pounds, which is super average. Um, but he, I had popped on like 10 of it in like three weeks. And I was, had, wasn't doing anything different. I was still running 60, 70 miles a week at the time or hiking more of it, but still moving 60 to 70 miles a week. I still felt really great. I was being really active. I was eating anything I wanted, which I always do, but it was all healthy foods. Um, and he commented I was becoming obese, and it was concerning. And I have never been more pleased and enjoying enjoying fired, firing somebody. So, like, it was, it was the best moment ever because I was like, well, I'm sorry that you think I'm obese. But luckily, I won't be coming back to you because I've hired someone else. So maybe you should keep your judgments about women's bodies during pregnancy to yourself since you're not a dietitian or nutritionist and that that is not your scope of practice. So that was, I just. Holy shit. That's so crazy. It's just, it's just a lot. And I do, I think that I, I was unexpected for that with pregnancy. I was not expecting so many people to. You know, and I, I do have a public social media, so that's part of my own problem putting myself out there. But I did not expect so many people to feel that it was appropriate to judge or comment. And I recently had a friend um, say that maybe it's like somewhere on a like a ancestral, like tribal level that like humans as a society feel the need to like co-parent like we did back in the days when you know humanity lived in tribes and maybe that's why people thought it was so appropriate that anytime they see somebody with a young child to like chip in on what they think they should do or when they see a pregnant woman that it's okay to touch her in the post office like I had somebody do to me or you know just the random inappropriate boundaries that are crossed but I was not expecting it so I do think it's important to tell people to brace for that (laughs) That's nuts. I ugh. that is something I'm not particularly looking forward to is other people's opinions on me because I think all of us have enough of a presence online that we get people's opinions and as tough as you are and as mentally strong as you are, they don't feel good. Hillary, I have to say I still think 
back i think one of the first podcasts i listened of yours you were talking about the flack you got for running a race pregnant which is just completely ridiculous because you obviously knew what you're doing and you were just that much more in shape than everyone else and i was going through like public criticism and like horrible feedback on the marathons and how pissed off everyone was about me doing that and i felt such kindred spirit with you of just being like oh my god a good person is getting attacked too like what what you were really people were upset at you for that oh so upset I had so many you don't if you look up like the runner's world or men's health or like yahoo um comment section on the marathons people just shat on me yeah oh god I'm so sorry that you had to deal with that it's just so frustrating like you said you know your body you know what you're doing and people just go out of their way to be a troll on the internet and it's insane yeah well that was really helpful um and it's honestly it gives me a lot of hope for the future too of having a better relationship with my own body because I hear both of you talk about it um and how there's such a purpose to it that goes beyond just your own needs um and so I really hope that I can take that um, insight and that feeling as well moving forward. So I appreciate you both sharing that. So moving on to, it's kind of a multi-part question, um, but I'll just kind of throw it out there and we'll see what happens. Um, So usually running plans have a base amount of years of experience recommended before venturing into the distance um, or speed or anything like that, or a base amount of time without being injured. What about if you took a break because of pregnancy or being postpartum? Do you start back at being a newbie with zero years or place yourself in the recently injured crew? Can you pontificate on how you guide your clients or make decisions yourself on where to start yourself after birth? So I guess I can jump in on this. Um, so... My midwife put this to me in a term that I thought was great because I was like, you know, a little two-week checkup. I'm like, so can I run yet? Because I felt amazing. And obviously part of that is cortisol just from having gone through, as Hillary put it, like the largest marathon event of your life, the most intense like event and thing you can do, like seriously. Um, But, you know, some of your cortisol levels are high and you're feeling really good and you're not sleeping a lot. So you're stressed and you're you know, probably thinking that you feel better than you really do. But when I asked my midwife, she goes, you remember your placenta? And I'm like, yeah, of course, you know, because hippie me, I put it in my freezer, not to eat, just to clarify, um, not, not bagging on people that choose to, just not for me. Um, but I, of course, remember this, you know, huge organ I put in my freezer. And I'm like, yeah, of course. And she's like, that tore from the inside of your body. And so you have a wound inside of you, the size of that. And I was like, oh, yeah. And so, so she's like, you know, even though your birth went extremely well and you have no tearing and everything's really easy, you went through essentially a major abdominal surgery. And so, like, even though my birth was, like, the perfect case scenario, um, you know, no drugs, no anything having to happen, like, no, you know, no stitches, nothing, it still you know, it was five weeks before she was like, you know, you're ready to start training and it needs to be 
easy until about three months after. And so I, in my head, even though I felt great, I know a lot of that is a chemical response to my body being under stress. And I think it, I would lean towards the side of saying it's like an injury. It's not saying that my years and years of fitness have gone away because they absolutely haven't. I feel great when I am training now, but I am keeping it in mind that my body went through a huge amount of trauma very recently. And to have expectations to like just dive back in 100% at normal would be unrealistic and probably unfair to myself because, you know, I'm still not sleeping as much as normal not able to control my schedule as much as normal. Now I'm shoving a large stroller for 90% of my runs, which is also new. And so I think just giving yourself grace for at least three months, and that's if everything is like perfect case scenario. Um, You know, if you had a C-section or, you know, medical intervention, it might be six months or nine months. And before you're even ready to really like put something on paper and try to hold yourself to it. Yeah, totally. Like, other than just mine taking forever, the intervention was pretty minimal and the damage to the body was, like, nil. But the same thing where you still just did dilate 10 centimeters in the end. And it takes a lot, and your pelvis stretched out. And that takes a long time for that to come back together. And there have been a lot of people who have felt good really quick and gone for runs and then later on get issues with prolapse or leakage and all sorts of things. So the new guidelines from like pelvic floor therapists is like Alex said, closer to like three months, sometimes six months. I know a really good runner who had to wait nine months until she went to the pelvic floor therapist and they said, okay, you're strong enough now. Um, I felt really good about five or six weeks as well and started with um, walk runs that were just super easy and I didn't go longer than 5k and everything, lungs, everything felt great. But then like a month after that, I was wearing Baker on my chest on the, in the thingy, the Ergo Baby thingy. And I had to go pee. And I realized that with the pressure from the outside of him on my pelvic floor, that I had nothing left to hold in my pee. And I like leaked big time walking down the street and had to like go home and change. And I was like, oh, like there's a different type of pressure that I don't have when I'm just sitting around um that's really deep inside and then so I just listened to that and was like okay I've got to back off for a bit and then work on the like strength that I needed to work on again um because the doctor was like I told her what happened the pelvic floor therapist and she's like even if you were your muscles were that strong going in you still had to push a baby out so it just takes time for that like scarring and everything to heal back up and to come back to before you push that baby out and that placenta, just like you just said. Um, so it, it just took work and patience and it's hard when you're like excited to get going. And yeah, I think you just have to be not comparing yourself to everybody, but some like a doctor from the outside, I don't think can tell. I think you need to be able to monitor how things are going and the signals. And if you have heaviness, if you have any leaks when you run, Um, if you don't feel like you're recovering and if you can get to a pelvic floor therapist, like it's pretty awesome because they can tell you exactly what's going on for you, whether it be a weakness like front to back or side to side, because if you just keep doing Kegels, like you think you're supposed to, you can sometimes make it worse. Um, and it's just, I think it's more complex than they've made it in the past. 
and most of the listeners to this probably have like a 50k postpartum goal or something so like Alex said again to put a structure on paper and try to follow it is really risky because then you might just feel like you're not doing well enough but like just take it easy and give yourself that time and I can honestly say that I jumped right back into it and it was great pushing Baker but I also tried to go on like do speed efforts where Andy would have to watch him and it goes really fast. And if I could go back in time and be like, I could run two or three less times per week than the six days that I eventually was doing and spend more time with him as a baby like that, I probably would do that to be honest with you. So we always want to go back so fast, but like take the time. It's, it's really short. That's really good advice on both parts. And really leads into, I've come up with two questions, so neither of you know what they're going to be, but um, I'm excited to hear the answers, unless you have anything else you want to add. Yeah, if I could just elaborate on that too, I think one thing that I did keep in the back of my mind that I'm still keeping in my mind is one of my best friends, and I'm not going to like front her out here, but she had her marathon PR. She's in a very extremely talented elite level runner she had her marathon PR like three months after giving birth to her son who's now almost seven and since that time she's pretty much on and off dealt with some soft tissue issues in one of her legs and she thinks a lot of that stems from jumping back in too fast you know she ran a 10k that is like my 10k PR like the week she gave birth And she was so fit through pregnancy, had a great birth, you know, but because she was breastfeeding and the, the relaxant stays in your, your ligaments and joints, as long as you're, you know, breastfeeding. Um, I I just think that the temptation to feel good and to do too much is there. And I'm using her unfortunate experience that she's had several years of really frustrating injuries ever since, um, and she thinks it's kind of from doing too much postpartum. So I'm just trying really hard to keep that in my mind. But I think, like Hillary said, you can't go back in time and change it. So I just keep telling myself that every day when I'm like, oh, I could, hey, I have a little extra time. I could probably do 10 miles instead of six. And, you know, like tomorrow I'm planning a longer run, but I'm also totally okay with bailing out on it because if I don't feel it, I'm not going to push it. And that's that's a new talent that I'm working on acquiring yeah one quick follow-up to that other runners I know that have gone back too fast felt great they've had um, pubic dysfunctions I can't remember the actual name it's like pds or something you can look it up pubic maybe we can put it in the show notes if we figure out what it's called but like the ligaments over your pubic bones um, are not back together yet and you can get all sorts of like injuries in the pelvic area um, that are really common postpartum if you're not careful that can fuck you up for years and I know some that don't run can't run at all anymore wow that yeah that's (laughs) pretty good incentive to be a little bit more cautious but I want to flip that I guess on its head a little bit um and this is great both of you are mildly competitive I would say um in terms of nature I would say in terms of where I'd put you in placing podium, I would put both of you right up there. But as, you know, high level, high achieving and competitive people by nature, um, how does it feel watching others not have to take that time off? Does it 
make you feel behind or does it make you feel hungrier and ready for the moment it, you know, is coming? Um, so I'm curious how you've dealt with that time off and um, the recovery period. Oh, I've made some really petty goals. Um, you know me well, Alyssa. I, have <laughs> I do know that. <laughs> I have a laundry list of people whose times I'm going to beat on things or people who don't even know I'm coming for them that have a target on their back. Um, and these are like, you know, some of them are my good, good friends, but I'm still coming for their ass. Like I have a whole, I have a whole list. Um, so, you know, I might have to catch them with their pants down or something because my list is very ambitious, but um <laughs> not expecting that at all from you she comes across to me but don't be fooled hillary don't be fooled oh that is amazing i love that sorry i just had to throw in my no i I literally have a whole list and um i don't know if you guys know um my my friend um cat bradley but um she texts me earlier about one of my most petty goals because she's equally delighted about it and it's like it's somebody we all know in common and we we're all great friends but this person doesn't know they have a target on their back for you know a race like in December that's fantastic I love that um yeah just put the goals for the future like we said it's a short time it'll come back Yeah, I found it really challenging. The science does say you come back fitter after you've had a baby. And I don't know if that's a new pain tolerance or that, um, that extra VO2 max, extra hemoglobin in your blood. Um, side note, I just Googled it. It's pubic symphysis dysfunction. And that is common in runners, not common, but happens in female runners, especially after pregnancy. And that's something to really watch out for. Um, so yeah, it was definitely hard. And that was part of the reason I chose to do those runs when I now I'm like, oh, I could have snuggled him and it wouldn't have made a difference in my life. Um, it was really weird timing with me to be on mat leave for a year and just have a race coming up in May that I was my first trail race back that I felt pretty fit for. And uh, then COVID hit. So I have not raced in so freaking long. But yeah, I have the same thing. I have a couple times and a couple routes that I'm going after. Um, and then a couple races that I want to do better at that have just kept me motivated through COVID as well. So it's sometimes my competitiveness is so intense that like, it also gives me anxiety because I just want it to happen now. Um, and so that's been a good way to practice being like, that's an anxious thought. It doesn't matter. Like if this is adding to my life, then this isn't something that should be making me stressed out right now and should just make me excited. And I've had 5k and 10k PRs since in the last like six months after, um, having a kid too. And for me, like, I'm never going to be as fast as anybody else on the road. So those aren't versus anybody else they're just versus myself. And that's been really nice, but I definitely have some like hundred K hundred mile people that I want to go after too. <laughs> I love it. I love how both of you used use this at this time off as like like fuel for your fire but in a good way where it's like, oh, now I've had time to think through these. I have time to think about what's really important to me and this is what I want to go after. But also Hillary, I feel you so much on being so competitive. You get anxiety over it. <laughs> I I can relate. <laughs> it's uh like oh I thought this was supposed to be like a good thing that I'm competitive but here we are 
Um, But I think that's just part of what makes us us. Before we move on, I want to turn the tables on you. What is your biggest fear about having a kid? Oh, oh gosh. Um, Probably, well, honestly, probably like the body getting just like wrecked, Um, (laughs) having it be different than it was and not recovering well from it and not being being back to like myself, which I know is completely like, that's going to happen. I'm not going to be the same after having a baby. Um, but I guess I'm always kind of worried where I feel like, um, like maybe I'm just starting to really reach my potential. And right at the time where I'm really getting into it is when I'm supposed to have a kid and then I'm going to be behind again and then trying to prove myself again. Um, And I know these are all kind of irrational thoughts and some of them are absolutely going to come true, but they're not going to come true in the way that I think that they're going to. Um, But yeah, probably like the body changes and the time that to have to come back and like the missed time are the biggest things. I think I read actually, I think it was um, on outside online, Amelia Boone actually wrote a article about kind of if she's going to have like missed that opportunity to become a mother and her attitude on balancing both an eating disorder and high level athletics and how she like kind of kept putting it to the side and um, we'll have to link it, but it was one of the more interesting articles that I've read on the topic of that struggle of being a female athlete and on, you know, there really isn't an ideal time and how when you're kind of hitting your peak in your athletic performance, it's also like, your peak or towards the latter end of your ideal childbirthing years by biology's perspectives. And it's such an interesting topic. I just, I'm glad to see more people speaking about it. And you, you actually will come back stronger. Like there's almost no way, right? Like you will come back stronger. And the other part of it was, I feel you can totally relate on like the anxiety of being like, I think we get too wrapped up in our identity being about our, our abilities and our our competitive edge and all those types of things having a kid in that sense is also relaxing because if I have like 50 fucks to give in a day 49 of them are going to him so I only have a tiny bit of space left to care if I've got the pouch and to care if I win the race so your focus is just 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 shifts and it's still like a super fun single fuck to really really care about these things but like so much of like your purpose is in something different as cliche as that is to say too that like it just becomes different and and easier mentally you have changed my entire life for the rest of my life I'll wake up and think today I have 50 fucks to give and I will slowly count them down throughout the day that's that's the most beautiful phrase I've ever heard I also think there's another aspect. This is a slight tangent, uh, but I think there's something really difficult when you are a competitive female athlete and you're playing and, and like you're pursuing a career, you know, whatever that looks like. And to the outside world, when you say, oh, I'm not ready for a kid because I'm putting my athletic career first for a while or like my I'm concerned about having a child because it will change things and it will, you know, take time away from building this career that it just appears like it is selfish, but 
to the outside world, it's like, wow, she's something. Like, if she's that self-absorbed that, you know, having a child is something that's going to happen, you know, at some point, but isn't the forefront of her mind or her attention. I think that's something that weighs a little bit in my head. And, and it matters to me less on the outside world. But when it like, it's hard to explain to family that doesn't quite get that as much. I think as somebody who had kids, if we can say later, I, I think it's absurd saying somebody in their before 35 having a child is later but I was you know classified as geriatric if you will what and I think as someone who had kids later in life and as someone who wanted kids really badly at like 23 and was unable to have them I am so glad that it did not happen sooner not you know like not because of the relationship that I was in obviously that too was a different relationship and a different dynamic but just because I feel like I have so much more to give and I've done the things I've wanted to do. And if that had resulted in me waiting so long that I hadn't been able to have kids, I don't think I would have regretted that because for me, having kids when I did meant I don't mind. Like I've traveled the world. I don't mind taking a year off. I don't mind that, you know, Billy and I are looking at a vacation next year and I'm booking the vacation around how, I'm going to be able to parent while I'm there. So I'm not going to do the vacation that I would probably do if I were childless. And I'm not at all worried about regretting that because I've traveled the world and I've done the things and I've had the, you know, the drunken party nights. And so I don't know. I think, I think there's, there's something to be said for putting yourself first until you're ready to put someone else first. Love it. Yeah. And I just have one last thing to comment on that too. And this is going to sound, this is another one of my hard truths that I feel it's going to sound like a total dick. Um, I 100% agree with everything you guys just said. I think Alex makes a lot of really good points. And that's how I felt too, that like I had done enough of me that I was ready to take some time. But at the same time, I hate when two people sit around and say, I am going to put my career first so I'm not having kids. Because I worked really fucking hard at my career. And I think that you can have kids and you can be a phenomenal runner and have a phenomenal career person. And yes, it's really hard. And it means getting up at 4 a.m. But women have done it and will continue to do it. And I understand that I'm super privileged in having a husband and a family that help out. But I also have interviewed people that have three kids as a single parent and ran a 50K in amazing time. So people like you who are so driven with everything that you do, you're going to make it work and you don't have to listen to the people who are like, oh, I had a kid, so I can't run a 10K. Like, that's fucking bullshit. You can get it done if it's important to you, so you will. And I run. love it. No, yeah. I love it. My petty ass is going to run a 10K and pass somebody I don't like while pushing that stroller. Oh, I love it. I love, I appreciate how this became a pep talk for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's been awesome. But so last little bit, because, um, we this has been so awesome but our in should I say I'm trying to pull into Hillary like two or three words best part of being a parent nice Alex you go first put her on the spot <laughs> oh man um 
someone that has to love me and that they can't get away from it. No, literally I made a bribe the other day with my child because, you know, he's an infant and so we can't exactly like have good conversations yet. But he was having a bit of a meltdown and I told him that I would sit there and do nothing all day and get absolutely nothing I had planned done if I could snuggle him whenever I wanted for the rest of his life. And he he didn't fight back. So I'm taking that as like, sorry, dude, you have to you have to love me equally unconditionally for the rest of your life now because of that one day. So I don't know. Just that that feeling of um, family expansion, I guess. Love it. Um, it's different for me, obviously, because Baker's almost two. And I think now it's like seeing the fire in him to play sports is so cool. Even at this age, like he will fight to the death against anybody playing soccer or basketball or wrestling. Um, and he'll come over and he like grabs my shorts and looks at my butt and goes, no poop, mama just to like make sure I know that I don't need a diaper change and then goes back to just like ferociously training and fighting people. And I'm like, yes, I get to watch this thing just be like a fucking dumpster fire out there. And I can't wait. I love that. And I love your trail runs. They please just keep doing Instagram stories of yours and Baker's trail runs. I love it so much. (laughs) So cute. Yeah. His runs and, soccer like the, my two favorite things to watch he's so giggly I can't wait to see yours grow up and become a little human too well and right thanks. now oh go ahead Alex I was just gonna say right now we kind of look at him and he goes back and forth between almost looking like a toddler because he's off the growth chart so huge <laughs> also just looking like this alien floating head when he screams and I'm like well you're just a screaming head so hopefully you can <laughs> become a human <laughs> They change so fast. The next few months are just going to be so bananas. Well, Hillary, I know you have to get going, um, but this has been so much fun, so insightful and informative. And um, I think this should just become a series, really. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I'm, I'm down to uh, share Hillary and I's um, experience through um, – child rearing and attempting to stay athletic and uh, we look forward to with um, probably not the most patience to um, watching you become pregnant against your will potentially <laughs> I was gonna well, I was gonna say and you talking through my psychological uh, barriers to pregnancy so I love it thank you oh my god awesome well thank you guys so much this has been amazing and uh, like you said I probably wouldn't do a podcast on a Friday night with anybody else so thank you so much, and yeah, have a great rest of your week, but it's not when this comes out, so I don't know. Bye! Bye. <laughs>